Hey everybody, this is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. <laughs> and I'm David. What in the world? Well, you start like you get a sneeze and then you start laughing. David's been sneezing off mic. As soon as we get on mic, I have a coughing fit. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, I don't know. We're we a weird start. So um we are in the middle of uh our Halloween, Halloween. horror spooktacular. One of these yeah. days, I'm going to remember to put that dang cardboard cut out. Yeah. You're running out of opportunities. I know. I got I two know. more chances. Um, running out of Halloween. Last week, we talked about Halloween kills. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This week, we're talking about David's pick, which is John Carpenter's The Fog. Yes. Um, released Even in the Carpenter in, realm. In 1980. That's true. Two Carpenters in a row. Um, this movie was written and directed by John Carpenter, um, stars Adrian Barbeau, Jamie Lee Curtis, John Hausman, Janet Lee. Um, it's kind of a, it's definitely more of a, a cult classic movie than, than Carpenter's Halloween is. Halloween's kind of dipped back into the mainstream and the fog though is, uh, it's more niche. I think it's more of a niche movie. So Let's start with um, why did you pick this movie for us, David? Oh, well, you know, the most simplest of reasons really was that uh, we've done Halloween in the past, Mm -hmm. uh, circa 2018, I think. We did Halloween and uh, John Carpenter's uh, legendary film, uh, which sort of kicked off uh, the horror slasher genre. And John Carpenter is known for being one of the more iconic horror directors, right? But he's not just limited to one group, one set. He's done stuff in various genres. So he's got his horror slasher. Last year, we did his sci-fi horror, The Thing. And so this year, I thought, let's just do keep the tradition going. We're doing these horror movies. We're doing these, these, these Halloween-ish horror movies. Let's do John Carpenter's supernatural horror, The Fog. And... Um, you know, let's let's get a little history about this. Um, and so uh, that's why I picked it. And also it had, uh, from what I could tell, uh, moderately good reviews. It wasn't like universally. I mean, it wasn't liked at the time, apparently. But like you said, it's since to be it's 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 more appreciated now. Yeah, I read the same thing. I, I saw that this was pretty um, critically panned upon release, but um, was a big uh Fuck up a success and audiences seem to enjoy it. And it is, you know, taken on a life of its own over time. So that's always interesting uh, when we get to see a movie do that. Um, had you had anyone seen it before? I hadn't seen it before. Uh, yeah, me neither. Um, it was definitely interesting. I'll just go ahead and start off with some of my thoughts. Go it, ahead. Um, you know, it come it, it came out two years after his Halloween which is another low budget film. So he's, he's in this realm of low budget stuff right now. Right. And you can definitely see that in here, but I thought the low budget was more noticeable in this movie, probably strictly because of the special effects they go for this time. There's not a lot of special effects in Halloween, but in this one, there's, I mean, literally there's the fog um, as well as, uh, what I will only describe as creatures, the creatures, I suppose. So that felt a little noticeable, but um, it has an interesting story. I was intrigued by the story. 
I was a little thrown off by the various storylines that we're following. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we see a lot of, um, was her name Stevie? Stevie something? Stevie, the, Stevie uh, Rain or something like that. Yeah, the the uh, radio broadcaster um, and her son. And then we see Jamie Lee Curtis and, and this man that she's hitchhiked with. And these stories all kind of intertwine in weird ways. So that was a little... Yeah, and the priest. I struggled with that at first, but... It was fine. I think that's the best way I can describe my reaction to it is it was fine. Yeah. Um, I kind of don't, I'm I'm not sure why I think people love it. The fans who do love it. I don't know why they love it, but good for them. Yeah. Not what old, about you, Gary? Not bad. <laughs> no. You know, I, I go, I, I am on the fence, sort of. <laughs> I liked it. I did like it. I, I described it as a really long and good episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Right. I think it's just a sign of the times. I think these older horror movies, the pacing is just different. They're, yeah. they're very slow. And, you know, I don't have a problem with the slow builds, but I look at the, the kind of slow build horrors that we have now and everything increases. You know, there's a... There's a slow, creepy thing that happens. It has a tiny payoff, right? And it's kind of creepy and ooh, and nerving. And then it kind of builds on that each time. And if the payoff doesn't continue to build and continue to scare you for that slow build and continue to make you feel unnerved and creepy, then I don't think that you have a successful slow build horror. And I, and I think this one is that for current times. I see right. how it would be super terrifying for the time period and why it would be scary because I was very intrigued by the ghost story and the, the lore of the town and the 100 year anniversary. And I really liked the storytelling elements, but the, the scare elements didn't continue to build. It was a continual slow build with the same amount of scare and that doesn't work. And so it doesn't continue to scare me. And so that second half, I was just kind of like, eh, but the story was still really good. I also didn't like the fact that uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis basically served almost no purpose other than to just be yeah. there. Yeah, she's just kind of there. But I do, th- I do see why people like it. And I think that, you know, I know they remade it and it was pretty terrible from what I remember. I would like, like to either. see a good version of this because I do think that it has potential to be very creepy, very scary. Um, in a modern setting. Yeah, you know, there's something about uh, remakes of John Carpenter's work, you know, because there's a, I mean, the, the the 2011 thing isn't a remake, it's technically a prequel, but it's basically, the idea is, hey, let's try to do the thing again with all our modern advancements, and they've redone Halloween at least uh, once, and, uh, you know, and the, we've, we've done a remake of The Fog. Um, yeah, I uh, I agree. You can see how the template is totally there for what would become what you're describing here, the kind of slow burns. Because like it starts off with like the whole opening credit scenes is just things kind of going weird overnight, like things falling, uh, alarms going off, windows suddenly smashing for no reason, you know, like all these kind of like little weird things. And that's like your first 90 seconds. At only 90 minutes, it's not an overly long movie, but it just kind of goes back to that thing we talked about with Andrew once where films 
I don't know, pre certain films pre 1985 just kind of have this like slow lingering pace to them where like uh, a shot will go on seemingly slightly longer than it really needs to. Uh, it kind of reminded me a lot of like uh, a lot of like the like Superman, how it just, like sometimes it's shot like a play, you know, like they'll just put the camera in a spot and let the actors do whatever, like do their whole scene in front of the camera um, without really like doing a lot of cuts. That said, there's some suspenseful moments. You know, I thought like one of the coolest things in the movie was to have this plank of wood. that says <laughs> Dane on it. Right. And the wood suddenly starts to like emit water and it's like draining off of it. And then right before it catches fire, it just has the message instead of Dane and now says six must die. And then goes away. And I was like, Oh, that's, that was really cool. Um, and listen, she didn't get rid of that piece of wood though. And that's a mistake. <laughs> Eve, Eve <laughs> it out the window. Uh, but yeah, it has, I think an interesting story. I think it has, I think the, the nugget is there of an interesting idea, but it doesn't ever reach the point of being totally terrifying. And again, like, John Carpenter's Halloween, there's not a lot of blood about it for being as stabby and as, you know, uh, murdery as it is. There's not a lot of like blood. The gore that you see is kind of uh, played down. Uh, the imagery is very exciting. The idea of like this fog rolling in and all of a sudden there's a figure in the fog and then all of a sudden there's another one and another one uh, is very, is very cool. But yeah, just kind of like like Josh said, even just the limitations of the time of what you can do with CGI just kind of makes it not work um, all the way. But it's not like it's it's exactly what I thought it would be, which was interesting, but not quite as good as it could be. Um, you know, so uh, I think that what can you say? I think I think it depends on your level of love for horror, right? Like I, I I almost feel like it sounds like we're bashing this movie, and I don't feel like any of us walked away not liking this movie. I just don't think that we're like the deep, super hardcore horror buffs either that would that would really love and eat this up and like uh, really appreciate it for what it probably is more than what we're giving it credit for. Because right. I do think that the the movie is good, and again, I think for the time would have been very scary. Um, but I do think that in the time that we live in for people who aren't like big appreciative of horror buffs, um, you know, I see the uh, going to the special effects specifically, again, it is just the sign of the times, but I look at it and I have like little, uh, zombie arms that are just plastic things sticking out in my yard right now. And that's basically what it looks like when the arms, like the zombie or the mummies or the, the spirits reach through. It's like one of those toy things that I have in my yard just coming through in, in slow motion, no less. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm not trying to knock on it. It's just that is what it comes across as. And so it doesn't hold up. Um, but I super enjoyed yeah. the idea of it. And I, I think yeah. that is a fun... Um, a horror thing that should be explored more is like, what are some like town lures that people have and then build and bring them up like a sleepy hollow, like some of those yeah. kinds of things yeah. that you um, don't see as much anymore. Cause every town has like a ghost story and you can, you can just bring those ghost stories to life. And I think they would be fun. I might as well, I might as well do this now there, you know, I might as well do this now. Uh, first of all, I do want to say there were some good moments when that when they're bearing in on the little kid. I was like, wow, they might actually kill a little kid. You don't see that much in movies. Sure. And then uh, when they're in the car, when they're in the truck, 
and they're like surrounding the truck slowly and they can't get the car to go. I was like, this is good. This is, you can yeah. see, you know, anyway, but I want to say this, Josh, you've never seen this movie before, right? Right. I have never seen this movie before. Did it give you Sleepy Hollow by David and Josh Gammon vibes? <laughs> you got a you got a northeastern town mm-hmm. being uh, uh, being uh, uh, attacked by spirits sure. uh, based on a legend from yeah. several years ago before the town existed, and then you have uh, a curse that's being that has been discovered, like basically read out. And then as the movie, spoiler alert for both our play and this movie, uh, as a a finale to the movie, you have one of the townsfolk deciding, I will go out there and I will sacrifice myself to fulfill the curse and put an end to this. And he gives it away and he ends up dying for his efforts anyhow. It was, I was like, as it was happening, I was like, holy crap, this is Sleepy Hollow. This is like the exact play we wrote. It's it's a great it's it's great that we haven't seen this movie before. <laughs> no, very, very this is our evidence. Yeah, the beginning of the movie, the beginning of the podcast, when we said we hadn't seen it, this is our evidence. Not that people are breaking down the doors to do our 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 play anymore. But <laughs> hey, it was a good play. As, as an I know, right? Garrett was in it. Andrew was in it somewhere. I think um, there was. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, and I like the idea of, like you said, Josh, there was three separate storylines going on where the three different people all had a different piece of the puzzle. Basically, you had the lady in the in the in the on the radio station. She knew about the plank of wood and she knew about the fog. You had the guy with Jamie Lee Curtis who went out and found the boat. He knew about the dead guys. He knew about the boat and what happened to it. And then you had the priest and he knew about the legend. Right. And he knew about he had this information from this old journal that basically spelled out the whole thing. And the movie is a a, a, a explores those three storylines slowly. And I mean, slowly coming together so that those those people have all the details. Um, And it becomes it almost it almost works perfectly. It almost works perfectly. I got to say, when he pulled that big cross made of gold out of the wall, I was like, holy crap, that was a really that was a really bad idea by these people a hundred years ago. Right. Um, so while uh, Andrew could not join us today because of scheduling conflicts, uh, I do see that he did watch the movie and write a review on Letterboxd. Oh, oh perfect. Uh, so let me <laughs> read, read. It aloud, uh for you all so that he can be a part of this show um, by proxy. So Andrew watched it. Um, it appears today. <laughs> He has it. He has it marked as October twenty fourth, twenty twenty one, and he uh, gives it three stars, mm-hmm. and says it's interesting to note that John Carpenter's The Fog is just kind of there. That being said, it's just as fun as a Carpenter film can get. We get a bit of horror, terror, and suspense. Call this one a warm up to the thing because the air of mystery hangs on a sleepy town, avoiding a sleepy mist that carries with it an air of terror that is beyond this world. While this is not one of John Carpenter's best films, it is definitely one of his most notable. It is interesting. You know, he, I read that, <coughs> Andrew, Andrew would never have read that for us uh, here in the, in, in the podcast. No, that's why, that's why, I can do it now that he's not here to stop. I, 
I know that uh, I read that um, this was a part of a two picture deal. And the other picture in this deal was Escape from, Escape from New York, which is one of his other most well-known movies. Uh, and so um, I think that they didn't have a lot of budget given to this movie. I think it, it eventually rose over a million dollars on a budget on the budget. And so you can see how this was sort of like either an obligation type film or this was uh, something that they just didn't have a ton to give to. Cause I like the escape from New York is like a completely different, different beast. Um, so I, where does this sit in the long term? Like, like what is, so I like before this, he had Halloween and I think escape comes after. And then you have the thing like, so this is like, is this his second movie or do you have his filmography pulled up? Yeah, I do. Actually. This is uh, what do you mean as far as like, is this the second movie that he did or of the two picture deal? Like, is this his second like feature film or gotcha. did he have movies before Halloween that I'm just forgetting? He, he did. He, um, his first movie was a film called, well, I won't count that cause it was a short film. Um, his first movie as a director is Dark Star. And then he did Assault on Precinct 13. Mm-hmm. And then he did Halloween, The Fog, and Escape from New York, then The Thing. Wow. So really, you know, when you look at like the that four movie uh, grouping there from Halloween to The Thing, The Fog is probably the weakest of those four. But it's not necessarily like we've all said, it's not necessarily like a bad movie. It's just, I don't know. It just kind of gets lost in some of those stronger ones, probably. Yeah. But I think think it's I was gonna say, I think it's hard to do ghost stories sometimes. I think that there's that that leap like like uh Michael Myers is very plausible, other than his inkillableness. It's very plausible for a kid to kind of go off and then grow up and become a serial killer. Right. Uh, the thing isn't necessarily very relatable or very, uh, very, but it's easy to get into the idea of it. The ghost stories. I don't know. It's just kind of like, I don't know. I think it's just kind of hard sometimes to sell a ghost story for a horror movie. Well, what constitutes a ghost story, though? Because then yeah. you look at the movies like The Conjuring, and those are technically, I would consider a lot of them like ghost stories because they yeah. deal with ghosts and demons and possession. So I guess it depends yeah. on what kind of ghost story. But yeah. I think that it can be done well. You just have to sell it. You have to, you know, you have to make it real, right? It can be very, I, I, I see how this movie can be a very good um, idea point right like i think i can see how people who want to make a horror movie could would watch this movie and go man there's a lot of really good ideas here that i can pick from and and make my own and be inspired by this movie um and i think that you know everybody likes a good ghost story especially around halloween and i think that you know depending on when you do it it has to be done around that time whenever people are wanting that and then i think that you have to give it a little bit of history I think that there has to be a little bit of a believability to it, whether it's an, a real event or whether it's inspired by real events, you know, some kind of, you know, interesting bit of tidbit history that's believable right. and then bring it to life. And I think that is how a ghost story can work the best. 
somebody can tell it, you know, this is the town history, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. It has to be a town that's been around, probably, you know, East Coast or the South. They're usually very ghost heavy as far as like that. And it adds that lore of believability to it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't got much else to say, unfortunately. No. I don't either. It, you know, it's just fine. But I will. Let's let's. Uh, one of the fun things we like to do is see what other people say about the movie. <clears throat> so uh, I've got Letterbox pulled up still. We'll see what some if we got any fun fun short reviews in here. Um, let's see what we've got. We've got this this review that says this is four stars. Not just ghosts. Not just lepers. And not just pirates, but the ghosts of leprous pirates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's fun. Um, here's a good, this is a good one, I think, when you look at uh, Carpenter's work as a whole. Uh, this person says, three and a half stars, sensing a theme with these early Carpenter films, basically, there is no way a place in its people can escape the transgressions of the past, whether institutional violence, like in Assault on Precinct 13, trauma, like in Halloween, or an outright crime, as in The Fog. Yeah. It's true. It's true. It's very much this movie is about, you know, like um, the town paying for the sins of its ancestors. And, you know, there's a, there's a part in the beginning of the movie, towards the beginning of the movie, where... Uh, this lady who goes, this like council lady, she's like going around fixing stuff up. She's like, this town should be proud of its past. And then like four minutes later, the priest is like, oh, by the way, our ancestors uh, purposely murdered a bunch of people for gold. Um, and, you know, and at no point can you look through letterbox reviews without finding one weird one. So <laughs> the super weird review of this movie that I found, and I don't imagine there's one weirder is four star review that says my eyes just jerked off to how gorgeous this movie is wow how many stars three or four you only gave it four stars they thought it was like maybe they had issues with other things i don't know yeah. um yeah the i also though. one thing that stood out to me is and i don't know maybe this is the thing that used to happen but who puts a radio station in a lighthouse I mean, what a fun idea! But did you see that lady's walk to work? Right. She parks right. like mile, like a mile away, and it's just a walk. Like that was the worst her, job in winter. We saw her take every single one of those long steps to the lighthouse, and that was, uh, you know, again, I think that goes to the pacing of the time where you're focusing on the wrong thing, there, friend. Like you yeah. want to build suspense, then like you can build suspense, but I don't, it's not right. suspenseful watching this lady take every single one of those steps to the lighthouse. Yeah. Long walk that. down. But just imagine having that job in the winter, and you got like you got to park up the hill, and then you got to go down, and you got to walk down, and it's like freezing cold. Mm-hmm. You're Icy. right next to the water, icy. Mm-hmm. Ugh, terrible. awful, terrible. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah, they, they could have. They this movie's a hundred and like ex, this movie's like exactly 128 minutes long, and it probably could have been like 120 because they probably could have shaved off like two seconds from every shot or from every every minute of film. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
right. any other good reviews down there uh you know not that i saw there obviously are a ton of reviews and i'm sure many of them are great but um as you can imagine some people are fairly detailed in their reviews and i don't want to take time reading long long reviews <laughs> right but those are um ones. Well, uh, I will tell you, I didn't do the box office research for this, but I know it made $21 million, I think, either opening weekend or all time. I don't know. It was That was the number I read somewhere. Yeah, it looks like $21 million was its domestic haul on a budget of $1.1 million. So that does make it a pretty good success um, for yeah. its own budget. Enough that the, you know, Enough that it worked out. If it was an obligation type movie, then it's like, well, made made a lot of money, so that works out. Yeah, yeah, I would say yep. so. Okay, yep. um, well, I'm forgetting that we want things in. Yes, we need to do the. Yeah. Now we need to guess the uh, the overall average letterbox score of the movie. So, does uh, who runs any, that this time? I don't remember. I don't know. You didn't already see it. I haven't seen it. I did. Oh, okay. Seeing it. Well, I already, I already know it, so I'll run it. Okay, okay. then you do it. Uh, so, what do you guys guess? Hmm. Three I'm sure point I it, right? three. I definitely think it's somewhere in the three range. Yeah. Um. Hmm. So we had a three point three. I don't know if I want to go terribly higher than that or not. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna three do 3.0. 3.0 is what I will do. Uh well Josh, you made the wrong decision, my friend. Garrett wins this week. It was 3.5. Right on it. 3.5. Right on the 3.5. Well, you know, people like it. The people who like it. I'm gonna side with Andrew on this. I'm gonna give it a solid three. Um, you know what? I think that's a pretty good spot. I think I'll go with that as well. Same from me. Yep. Wow. Okay. All right. That makes uh, that makes easy. it pretty easy. Nice so, and easy. Do we want to talk about what we're going to do next? Well, since Andrew is not here, only only Gary. That's that's true. We would have to do your movie next. Um, that's yeah. you know it, it it is week. I can tell you what my movie will be, and we can decide. We don't know what Andrew is, no, and I will right. say, uh, listen. Last year, Andrew gave us the Frighteners. That's all I'm going to say. He gave us we what? Both know the Frighteners. The Frighteners. That was his choice. So, I can tell you what mine is, but maybe we ought to find out what his is as well and decide the <laughs> order. <laughs> and, and just to make sure that he ain't swing and miss again. <laughs> no offense, um, Andrew. We love you. Yeah. But that was a bad pick. Well, you know what? We might as well save Andrew's pick for last, no matter what, because you know if he comes in here with like Casper the Friendly Ghost, or you know, hey, I'd be uh, into that. Except that something else. I can't think. Doesn't have to be scary. Okay, well, so you know, I I've gone back and forth because I wanted something scary, but I also am a humorous, more humorous type person. I have always liked the funny, uh, scary movies. But then I started looking at it again, and I was like, you know, I'm going to do something a little different. So uh, next week. We are going to look at uh, the movie Train to Busan. Train which, to Busan. Okay. Train to Busan, which is a South Korean zombie outbreak movie. And it is very well received. It's, uh, you know, zombie movies are interesting. They all are very similar. 
a lot, depending on the time. Uh, this one, these uh, people are stuck on a train. And that is where I'll leave it at that. Okay. Sounds good to All me. Right. All right. I'm intrigued. Haven't seen it, but I always uh, enjoy a good zombie movie. You know, um, while we have a little bit of extra time, I was going to say that at AMC theaters, they've been doing this cool little thrills and chills program. I think they've been calling it where on Monday and Wednesday night or Wednesday and Friday nights, they do a surprise horror movie where you buy a ticket is $5 if you have a list and it comes with it, but they don't, you don't know what the movie is until it starts. Um, and I've, I've done two of them now. Right. And the first one I went to ended up being, um, night of the living dead, the, um, Zack Snyder remake. Oh, okay. So, and that was a fun zombie movie. Um, Starring Ted Dunphy. Yes, yes. But also, and I didn't know this, that was directed by um, Zack Snyder with a script from James Gunn. So that was a pretty good uh, combo. They, they, you know, I don't, it's no secret to viewers of this show that I don't really love Zack Snyder's work. I don't think most of us really do, but uh, when he's got a good script, I think he can do some cool stuff. And that was a, that was a fun zombie movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I also advocate for a one that's on Netflix called hashtag alive. I think I found it last year. Uh, it is very pandemic y the way that it works and the way they present the zombie outbreak. And I don't think it was intentional. I think it was just coincidental, but it is a very good watch based on that in my opinion. Yeah. And I still recommend the Muppets haunted mansion. It is <laughs> not scary at all. And has several musical numbers, and Absolutely. Pepe is a prominent feature. So there you go. that, uh, and they made uh, that. There you go. I am still looking forward to that. Yeah, I definitely. <laughs> and if you want to watch along for next week, I believe Train to Busan is on Prime, so you can watch. Oh, okay, perfect, perfect. Good, good. Okay, well, no reason to drag this out any longer. I guess um, find us online on all your favorite social media apps. Um, so many sequels.com. You can find all our links there. Subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or really wherever. If you're one of those people who has, like, I don't know, you listen to podcasts on Audible, we're there. I think that's weird, but, and I'm judging you a little, but <laughs> who listens to podcasts on Audible or Podchaser? Or Podchaser. I mean, but we're yeah, there. We're going to get in trouble there. I'm sorry. We're there, <laughs> yes. though. Sorry, we're, we're there, though. So find us there. And of course, our YouTube channel, you can watch the video version of these shows there. Uh, we'll be back next week with Train to Busan, and then we'll wrap up Halloween month 2021 with whatever uh, fresh hell Andrew will unleash upon us. <laughs> oh, man. So we'll see. <laughs>